I've been building an AI GPT version of myself called the Futurist. A few times in my career, I've used a new kind of technology and gotten a strange feeling that I was on the cusp of great change in the world. As I'm training the Futurist to be me, I have that feeling. A combination of a robust large language model with all of its ideas about the future combined with my own is impressive with its power. And when I have conversations with the synthetic AI version of myself, I find it has more capabilities than the real me. And I love this. It is a little freaky, I have to admit, but, but I love it. It also sends my mind down a road of what this means for society in the future collective intelligence of machines and human beings. If you happen to be in the open uh, AI store, GPT store, just search on future and find the futurist and just uh, ask it some questions and see what it's like talking to me. Well, the synthetic me anyway. So here we are, right? The last in the series of the digital amplification. In this case, I want to look at the big picture for human impact. So let's take all of the amplification we've talked about so far and then look at what that means. I want to wrap up this series looking at the uh, impacts of the heavy integration of human with digital capabilities. I mean, to the point where homo sapiens are not homo sapiens anymore. Are we homo technologists, right? Uh, that we are ex going to experience something that, of course, we have never experienced before, and that on the other side of it, we won't really be completely homo sapien. We'll be something more, something better. And yes, I know this sounds very transhumanist, uh, but it's at least interesting to think that way because the technology that we are developing is extremely powerful, and at some point, we do have to admit that we have amplified ourselves enough that it wouldn't even be a fair competition between a person 50 years ago trying to do a task and a person in 20 years with all the power that we're able to bring. I mean, we've had a taste of this, right, over the past 30 years. Well, we watched us grow from PCs to the internet and then mobile devices. I mean, I've seen this over my lifetime. And so we've already, I've already gotten at least that taste of what the amplification looks like. I remember my capabilities, what I had back in the 70s and 80s of the last century, right, versus what we have today. And it's just a preload because we've got the, the entire flourishing of AI, biotech, nanotech, quantum computing, what the metaverse will become. We have so much more to go that's right around the corner, not way out in the future. Now, for an optimistic podcast, this one might start out a tad dark. Even in an optimistic future, there's going to be dangers and dark holes that we may fall into, at least for a while. I don't want to ignore these. I just don't want to be accused of, hey, I've got rose-colored glasses and I just try to only see the good side of technology. It really isn't the case. I really try to look at it in a balanced way and then really ask myself, ultimately, does this end up good for the human race or not? Even if there is a time and that time could be five years, that time could be 20 years, could be 50 years, when the technology actually takes us a step backwards. And since this is the wrap-up podcast for this really important topic of, you know, the amplification of humanity, I do want to make sure that I take a sober look at the larger picture. So let's start with this. In a hybrid world, we will still need to separate what's human from what's machine. And I say that without judgment. You know, not that what's human is better, what's machine is better or worse, but just that we're going to need to still separate what the two of these mean. I mean, we need to understand the value of both of these and the risks 
in both of these. Humans are certainly not perfect. Human intellect is certainly not perfect. Machines are not perfect. And as you hear me say all the time, we are just different flavors, right? We have different flavors of strength, different flavors of capability, different flavors of knowledge, different flavors of intelligence. Well, well interacting with a synthetic being feed our souls in an effective way. So again, not judging one or the other, just asking the question. If we are over-interacting with machines, if we are over-co-working with the machine, I mean, eventually, do we start to learn that this doesn't feed our souls in any any good way and that we go backwards the more and more that we connect with machines? I mean, will empathy and understanding coming from a synthetic machine mean the same thing as what empathy and understanding would mean from a friend or a family member? I mean, will we get to that point that we would feel the words or feel the voice from a machine in the same way that we would feel the voice from a human being that is looking right across from us? Or will we we learn that there is some type of today indescribable energy that flows between human beings that just doesn't flow between a machine and a human being. Is it just the words? I mean, is it just the tone of voice, even if it's synthetically created? I mean, could a synthetic parent raise a child? Could it raise a child better than a human parent? Again, if we get rid of a little bit of the arrogance of the human race, there's a lot of parents that don't raise their child, their children very well. Could a could a synthetic machine raise a child better? I mean, could a synthetic teacher educate a child better? I mean, a synthetic AI could learn a lot more about the child, could keep all of the data on the child from the time it is born, would have the accumulated knowledge of teaching children, millions and millions of them. No human could have anything like that. But does that mean that a synthetic teacher could educate a child in the same way that a human teacher could educate a child. Can a synthetic lover really flow love? I mean, we certainly are already deep down the road of building synthetic machines uh, that can, you know, provide sex, but could they really flow love? Can a synthetic AI that we talk to actually make us feel loved? Or again, would that always be some kind of second level love that compares not at all to the same love that an actual human being could flow to another human being. This is the problem in a hybrid world, much less if we talk about the metaverse and introducing the metaverse into a hybrid world, where we now fool our eyes and fool our minds into believing what we are seeing or experiencing in that synthetic world. Will it still feel the same as what it feels to be human? Could there even be a loss of the capability to be human? I mean, if we interact with machines too much, you know, do we then only know how to interact with the machine in a way that's appropriate for the machine and lose the ability to interact as a human? I mean, it is always interesting to me that once people interact with an AI at a high level, then they more and more, when they go to do their work, would do the work as the AI has trained them to do. So it's reasonable to think that we could have a loss of humanity just because of our high interaction with synthetic intelligence. I mean, think about it this way. Could there be a modern version of the Tarzan story where instead of the child being raised by apes and understanding just the law of the jungle and only being able to talk with apes in the way that the apes talk, could we have a modern version of this where a child could be quote-unquote raised by machines and then what would that person be like as an adult and would they have the same problems of adjusting to a completely human society as Tarzan did is this happening already is an interesting question when we have young people that are spending eight to ten hours interacting with a machine 
right, with their mobile device or whatever the devices they're interacting with. So does it cause us to lose some amount of humanity? It's a question that uh, we already are debating, of course, and I would say, yes, it absolutely does. It absolutely can. If we don't have an ability to balance connecting with humans versus connecting with machines, certainly we can lose a lot of the skills that make us human. And then can we be influenced in a negative way, like the Tarzan story, where the technology raises us, but raises us to only like machines, to only like the companies who are paying for the machines that are raising us. There is a lot to be nervous about here when we talk about the extreme level of interaction with technology that we already have, much less what we might have in the future, as the technology has more and more of a powerful ability to attract our attention, to give us what we want, to help us to be successful in life, to help us learn. Once again, if we look at the digital divide, we've got to talk again about the problem of the hybrid intelligence divide. So when I talked in the last podcast about you know, my concerns of what happens when uh, to use powerful AI systems that cost $1,000 a month, you know, or more. And then obviously not everybody is going to have the money to be able to pay for the huge amount of money that the very high intellect AIs might have. They'll have maybe access to free basic AIs, but not the more advanced or the more advanced ways of communicating with the AIs. I mean, what, what might happen if we look back and we talk about children being boosted with implants. And what if those implants bring them much closer to the synthetic intelligence that creates hybrid intelligence? And then we have the children who can't afford the implants, have no ability to really connect themselves to create uh, hybrid intelligence. You know, will we be back to creating the schools where kids of the same age have to have separate classes, those who are boosted and heavy into using synthetic intelligence, and those that cannot afford it and do not have the experience with it? And we may be talking about five and six-year-olds when we have this conversation. So what would happen to those who can't pay for the hybrid intelligence upgrades? I mean, will there be good places for them in the economy right, or the world? Or will they just become a, a subclass that we don't want to really talk about? I mean, again, these are things that, that concern me and should concern us all because we are moving very quickly into this hybrid intelligence world, into this highly augmented world of technology in our lives. Now, this isn't just idle chatter, right, or science fiction. I mean, we very much stand at a threshold of technology getting much more powerful, and it is getting more expensive every day, all right? In a digitally amplified world, I mean, how much damage might we suffer from empowering bad characteristics of human beings like violence, crime, greed, envy, and insecurity? I mean, we haven't talked about yet, hey, it's not just about what could be the outcomes, the, the uh, you know, uh, unseen outcomes of technology integrating with humans who are agreeing to work with the technology. I mean, we need to talk about uh, what happens when we also amplify that which is dark inside of human beings. I mean, we do live in a world of darkness and light. I mean, anything that empowers people for the light also will empower that which is the worst in us. 
I mean, is it possible that we one day empower the worst in us and we will become so attracted to that that it destroys a staggering percentage of humanity? I mean, this is not that crazy when we think about technology empowering violence or empowering crime. Look what's happened with cybersecurity over the last 10 to 15 years. Look at the growing amount of digital fraud that touches everyone's doorstep. I mean, what could happen with AIs if we uh, if we look at what will happen with crime, with greed, envy, right? We look at what can happen when some people misuse the AIs. And it isn't just terrorists. It can be greedy companies. And it, it can also just be people that are evil that want to use the AIs to hurt other people. You know, for example, a majority of us could become addicted to a virtual world and, and that the, the dark side of what can be done in that virtual world creates such a demand in us that we want to live in that synthetic reality. Why? Because it feels good. It feels better. It's more fun. We can be the hero. Everybody loves us. And I can love everyone else in that synthetic world. I mean, this is, again, something that concerns me, is in a world of light and darkness, if technology amplifies, it's going to amplify equally. But if you amplify the darkness enough, could that become something that destroys much of humanity? Look, many people have already suffered from making poor decisions on how they live. This has been true as long as humans have existed. I mean, what if amplifying the ability to make poor decisions just puts humanity over the edge? I mean, do we trust people to make good decisions when technology offers a very real ability to take the easy and attractive road to ruin versus the harder road to a healthy life? All right, although I can see many ways for humanity to destroy itself along these lines, I do not believe we will. I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that when we amplify humanity with technology, uh, it is not a straight line up and to the right. There will be many mistakes we will make, and we will have to mature and learn to uh, change behaviors or put guardrails around the mistakes that we, we can make. And we certainly will make a lot of these mistakes before we're smart enough to put the guardrails around them. But I do believe we will. And I have full faith in the majority of us, not all of us, the majority of us to live in the light and not the darkness. Even if that majority is just 55-45, I do believe that the majority of us will use technology in ways that are positive. So there's a, a long list of what I can see in the future when I look at technology amplifying our, our lives that is good. And I, I'm not going to try to cover everything that I can possibly see. I've kind of called this down to some of the big major points I wanted to at least talk about that are the, the positives, the amplification of our capabilities that would be more in the light. So let's start off with the meta skill of the improvements with learning and hence decision making. So when I say meta skill, right, meta skills are the higher level skills that you have, or you would never be able to get the lower level skills. Learning is the number one meta skill. If you have no ability to learn, then you will have no other skills. So every other skill is a derivative of the meta skill of the ability to learn. Because technology, AI, the internet, quantum computing, I mean, because of the technology we are putting together uh, has an amazing ability to uh, consume data, to learn, to hold knowledge, to help make decisions, to provide a vast amount of knowledge at our fingertips, in a lot of cases for free, then this meta skill of learning 
is something that we have almost complete control over at this point. Again, you heard me say when I was a kid, learning was very slow and I had very few assets to be able to learn from. Today's generations have almost an unfettered ability to learn anything they want to learn almost for free. You can learn everything that you would learn in a college course on the internet for free in most cases. Now, you can't get the college experience. You won't get the social connections. So I want to be clear. I'm not saying don't go to college. What I'm saying is when it comes to the meta skill of learning, the amplification that we have had in the world is unbelievable. Anyone almost anywhere in the world that can get access to a device in the internet can learn anything they choose to learn. And that is pretty amazing. All right, here's another one. Improvements for people who are challenged mentally or physically. Hey, this is not a small thing. There are many people in the world that have challenges, emotional challenges, mental challenges, physical challenges. And and in most of those cases, this was not something they chose. It was either something they were born with or something that happened to them along the way. In some cases, maybe it was something that they accidentally did to themselves. But there are many people in the world that struggle, struggle to be able to function in the world uh, in a way where they could take care of themselves or in a way where they can at least be peace and be happy. Uh, Technology has an ability to help raise these people up uh, so that the barriers today that they deal with go away and they have a more level playing field uh, to be able to do whatever they want to do in the world. And so I love the ability for technology to help make these improvements. Now, again, I said emotionally, mentally, physically. I mean, we building robotics, you know, we build the ability to replace an arm or replace a leg, right? Or to allow somebody to hear who can't hear today. I mean, we can improve people uh, physically when they need that help. Uh, More and more with the advent of AI, uh, brain computer interfaces, will have an ability to help people mentally as well. And then people who are challenged emotionally, they will be able to interact with an AI, synthetic intelligence, psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, if that works for them better than interacting with a human therapist or psychologist. Again, I'm not saying we need to replace the human beings. I believe we will be able to augment their capabilities and augment their entire professions by adding synthetic experts right, that will be able to work with people that have emotional issues, that would feel more comfortable or having having a private conversation with a machine instead of another human being. All right, another area that I think is going to be wonderful are just uh, the, the emotional improvements from being able to help people better deal with a VUCA world we've created. I mean, we, we have created this you know, very volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world, right, that we call a VUCA world. Uh, I'm sure a lot of generations have felt like, hey, you know, the world's harder in my generation. That that certainly is probably true over the last hundred years. I don't, there's no question in my mind, and it isn't because I struggle to be in the world, that just over my 60 plus years, the world has gotten to be a much more complex, I would say in some cases, divisive and aggressive world for people to live in. And now that we have created this world, and until the world is not a VUCA world, I'm excited for what technology will be able to do that will be able to
to help us be able to better from an emotional standpoint, from a, from just a, a peace and ability to exist in the world standpoint, to what technology will be able to do to help us. Now, again, we, we will have synthetic assistants. We can call them bots. We can call them agents. We can call them characters. We can call them anything we want, but we will have synthetic intelligences, assistants, that will be able to help us be able to better navigate the world. Now, whether that's just doing things on our behalf or going and getting us knowledge or helping us to answer questions or maybe even being empathetic to us at any single moment, I think we also are going to be able to mix sensors that are on our bodies with the, with the synthetic assistance to be able to help us at trigger points. So when things trigger our emotions, we will actually have the technology to be able to tell us that we have been triggered in case we weren't really aware, or to be able to give us solutions or instant activities that we could do uh, to better respond to the things that are triggering us. Now, I'm not saying that technology is going to be able to solve every emotional issue that ever happens to us. Emotions are there for a reason. There's a reason to be able to have fear in some moments so that we don't do things that could be dangerous to us. There is a reason for us to feel pain. The pain often tells us that we've done something wrong or helps us to avoid something that we shouldn't be doing again. Uh, There is a reason for us to express sadness when something happens. It, It is a way for human beings to heal, to be able to feel and express the sadness. So I'm not looking for technology to erase our emotions. Just looking at the fact that I believe technology is going to be able to better help us deal and handle with our emotions through our lifetimes so that we can feel them and move on from them in much healthier ways. All right, which leads me to what comes out of these emotions in many cases, health and wellness. So health and wellness is something that I think technology is going to have a massive impact on improving. Uh, If you really step back when we talk about health and wellness, one of the biggest problems we have is the not knowing, not knowing the potential damage we're doing to our health by anything, for instance, just sitting too long or not drinking enough water or not eating correctly or not getting enough exercise, right? So there's, first of all, just not even having the the information to show us in real time what kind of damage we're doing to ourselves uh, by not, you know, living in a healthy way. Uh, We don't even have very good information on what we're eating in real time. So what are we what are we eating and is it more or less than what our body needs? We don't get good information on what is going on with our body period. And the dramatic step forward with health and well-being is the ability to gather data off of our bodies and our brains and then have a synthetic intelligence, right? An AI be able to look at that data and help us make better decisions in real time. And by doing that, moving us much more to true preventative Healthcare. So instead of doing something wrong or ignoring something that is a problem until it becomes a serious health issue, having the data and the help to be able to let us know along the way, hey, you're eating things you're allergic to, probably ought to stop eating those. Or hey, the stress that you are living under uh, and that you're not dealing with well is doing damage to your body. You know, hey, the emotional events that you have not been able to sort out in your life are, are causing physical damage to you. So I'm I'm excited to see what augmenting our bodies with the ability to grab data will cause when it comes to health and wellness. All right, improvements to the work-life balance or work safety or career options at all. So 
Now that we have moved from a world that not only has robots uh, that could replace some boring, highly repetitive, or dangerous physical tasks, we are now moving into an AI world that can re- re- replace, you know, again, boring, highly repetitive, mundane tasks that we do that are uh, not physical, right? That are mental tasks. And the reality is a decent percentage of everything that we do in our career, in some cases, is like mental ditch digging, right? It, it is not work that lifts us up or uses our uh, creativity or innovation or frankly even makes us feel that good. And in a lot of cases, we have to do that work for hours and hours and hours at a time. So I'm excited that as we augment our intellectual capabilities and create you know, hybrid intelligence and mix that more and more with uh, robotics, whether those robotics are virtual robots right, or physical robots, I really do see a time where we will be able to have improvements to our work-life balance. We'll be able to get so much done in less time with less work that it will give us an ability to earn the money we want to earn, to accomplish what we want to accomplish without having to put in the sheer hours or stress. All right, another thing that I'm excited about is just our ability to solve large and complex problems that we haven't been able to solve yet. So one of the best things about synthetic intelligence or hybrid intelligence is the ability to, if we use the colloquy, curing cancer, right, the ability to cure cancer or to be able to fix things we've never been able to fix before. You know, solving food gaps around the world, right? Or helping to solve the environmental issues that we have caused to the planet. So we are going to be able to solve large and complex problems that we have never been able to solve before by integrating synthetic intelligence with our own. And then eventually the with that synthetic intelligence, being able to see the world understand how to make decisions or how to experiment with things we've never experimented with before. And so I'm excited about what these large and complex problems will be that we'll be able to solve with hybrid intelligence. All right. There's many more. As I said, I I can list the positive things with amplifying humanity with technology all day. I'm always looking for both. What is dangerous and negative and what is positive? And I always see a little bit more light than darkness when I see how we'll be able to use these powerful technologies, right? All of this depends on our abilities to achieve balance, a balance between what is synthetic and then what is human, you know, valuing human characteristics and appreciating where technology can enhance our lives at the same time. Because being unbalanced on either side of the humology scale has consequences. Too much technology, and then we can see many things that could go wrong. Too much humanity, and we might not have the sheer power to make the improvements that we can make if we integrate our capabilities with the technology. I mean, today we struggle with this balance, right? We have more powerful digital tools and AI than we've ever had before, and I mean that every single day. And I expect that this balance will become harder to find for a couple of generations. I mean, there will come a day when people and societies will find that balance, whatever world or planet we live on. And when we find this balance between what is best in human and what is best in technology, it will seem magical if we compared it to where we are today. But I think what will be interesting is we will also be able to recognize the humanity. I don't care if we're talking about thousands of years from now. The human side of life, we'll recognize it. We'll recognize how people act. We'll recognize the problems people wrestle with. But they will live in an environment 
where they have solved many problems and are able to accomplish things that we could not even dream of today. All right, this ends the amplification series. Well, at least for now. Now, for most people, this digital genie is not going to go back into the bottle. So with amplification, we're not ever going to just one day decide, you know what, forget all this technology improvement. We're, let's go backwards. Let's just stop. Let's just take a time out. We don't need any more of that. I mean, this genie's out of the bottle, right? Th there will be a few who opt out of any help from technology, and that's a choice, and that's okay. I, I don't mind at all the people who say, I just want to live in a very human world. I don't want any technology in it. Now, for the rest, of us, we will need to move forward with our eyes wide open from now on for the impact of digital application on our lives to try to find that balance, right, that perfect humology balance so that we can stay in the light with technology and not be touched by the darkness. All right. Thank you for listening to this series. I hope you have a good humology day. We're going to move on to a couple of interesting podcasts just dealing with artificial intelligence. I look forward to the next time we talk. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklosowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.